Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Come on, I believe that this morning. How about you? I believe lives can be put back together. Relationships can be mended. Prayers can be answered. Come on, we don't turn on the lights just for no reason. We're believing and expecting and having faith. For God to supernaturally come. And in just a few seconds what we cannot do. In hours upon hours. Amen. Can anybody testify that you've been blessed in this place? Your life has been changed at this place. That song's not a fairy tale, but it is. Amen. It is true. I came one way one day and left changed. Amen. Amen. I give. You honor, I do appreciate Brother Boyd so very much and the role that he has in our life. He's much more than the baby dedicator. Amen. He has a voice, and I'm, I'm honored to call him friend. Amen. If you don't mind, let's just remain standing, and I appreciate I've got folks from Westville here. Bless their heart. Uh, 220 miles to hear me again. They... They've got family in Gainesville and had to come this way, but I, I give them honor. Some of the sweetest folks in the whole world are in that little town and community, and I, I'm grateful to to serve them. Amen. I know it's Friends Day and not quite sure what you expect, but I feel something on my heart. I hope that's okay. I hope who I'm sent to talk to is here and hope you receive it because I want to help somebody if I can. Just feel the Lord. Uh, ordaining this day, Acts chapter 8, verse number 3 and verse 4. Then we're going to look at one verse in Psalms, and it may look like they're not going to tie together, but hopefully they will. Acts chapter 8, verse number 3. The Bible says, As for Saul, he made havoc of the church entering into every house and um, hailing men and women, committing them to prison. As for Saul, he made, I'm sorry, I skipped that. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women, committed them to prison. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Saul made havoc, everybody say havoc, of the church and entered into every house. I don't want to be a prophet of gloom or doom, but it is naive to think that havoc won't one day come by your house. I pray it doesn't, but it's not very wise to think that we'll live this life. That the Bible says it's a few days and full of trouble. And think that we'll leave this world without havoc knocking on our door. I can't tell you how to keep havoc away. But I do feel 
God's given me something about how we can handle the havoc that comes into our lives. Psalms 107 and 9, the psalmist says, for he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. He satisfies the longing soul. Amen. And filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Amen. Did you feel the little applause? Y'all have got, what, 82 years of history to celebrate. But did you hear the applause? That this That's the past, but we still got a future. That's because there's still a hunger in Hatsbian. Hallelujah. That although we've had great church, maybe we haven't had our greatest service yet. Our greatest revival yet. Our greatest move of God yet. Is that okay to say that? And so I want to come with this thought this morning, if I can. Too hungry to be hindered. Too hungry to be hindered. Hallelujah, hallelujah. My Lord, let's pray. God, we love you. We magnify you. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, all the honor, God, the glory I give to you this morning. God, I praise you, Lord God. Hallelujah that you would move, God. Hallelujah. Like only you can, Lord, in the power of your might. This lips of clay, God, that I might be a help to someone. Help to this church, Lord. I obey the leading of the Holy Ghost, God. You'd confirm your word with signs following. Hallelujah. Lord, I do believe this is a place that chains can be broken, that hearts can be mended, that bodies can be healed. Lord, I still believe in the work of apostle, the sign apostle. I still believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I still believe in one move of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I still believe you change lives. I still believe you pick us up and turn us around. Amen. I believe, God, that you're able to do that today. Hallelujah. Everyone say in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. I, for just building a a foundation, I would guess that if you look at the word havoc there, it's talking about chaos. It's talking about confusion. It's talking about disorder. It's talking about turning things upside down is talking about great distress. So in my text, it said Saul made havoc of the church. Amen. And he entered into every house, hailing men and women, committed them to prison. Amen. I, I for months now, thought about that entering into every house. I even went to our saints of months ago, probably beginning of the year, heard me with that verse talking about that we can expect those kind of things to come our way. Every now and then, havoc will pay us a visit. I'm not asking for it. You don't have to ask for it. That's just the way life rolls. Amen. But what I found amazing in this verse when Luke wrote the book of Acts is is what he said in verse 4 and also what he didn't say. He said, hey, Saul made havoc of the church. Uh, He went into every house. Uh, He held men and women uh, and committed them to prison. And then verse 4 says, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. There was no word about stopping. 
quitting. There was no word about quitting. There was no word about giving up. There was no word about what are we going to do. They may have to pick up and leave. They were just going to take revival with them. My God, they knew the Holy Ghost that was in their hearts was a mobile, that wherever they went, God was going with them. Come on, somebody. They were just too hungry. They were just too hungry to quit, too hungry to give up, too hungry to back down. I've come to tell you in an old-fashioned way, sometimes it comes down to just how bad do you want it? Amen. I can't tell you havoc's not coming, but I can tell you that you can handle it. And one way you can is to have a hunger in your soul that no matter what comes, no matter what knocks on my door, when Sunday morning, 10 o'clock comes around, you're going to find me around the front giving God praise. Why? Because all my life, he has been good. All my life, he has been faithful. Every now and then, havoc is going to come by. But I'm too hungry to be hindered amen so I had for weeks now been praying about this moment and being here and what to say and and, and it's okay to confess almost everything that I've been preaching and saying this year was coming to mind and I'm thinking dear Lord there's no way they can handle all of that at one service and finally the Holy Ghost moved on me Sunday morning, no Friday morning and said uh, I'm not sending you with a message I'm sending you with a mindset and I hope that's okay uh, because I'm wired where I, I preach where, I, where I'm from and where I've been from and what's been going on in my life and so I feel like I have arrived at this moment to talk about being too hungry to be hindered, but forgive me, but I want to give you just a little background. First of all, thank many of you uh, for your prayers. It's been a difficult season for us. It's been a, a trying season for us, and I, I don't want to uh, shine a light on me, but just kind of give you where I'm coming from for this message. About a, a year and a half ago, I went to the doctor with a pain in my left side. I kind of self-diagnosed myself, and it wasn't this, and it wasn't that, and it wouldn't go away. It turned out to be uh, kidney stones that were too large to pass that's causing the pain. But while they were there, they found all kind of things. Uh, matter of fact, I was 47 years old at that time. I'm 49 now. That was the first time in my life I've ever had an IV was that moment. So I have been healthy. I've never had a medical doctor until probably 44, 45 years old over blood pressure by being a middle school principal and a pastor. So, so this, so I said, okay, this is new to me. And so in just a moment, I started hearing words like tumors and masses. And then next, I mean, it just seemed like a whirlwind. My wife and I, we end up at an oncologist's office and had no idea what was going on. I mean, it was all happening so fast. And your sweet pastor was praying for us while we were going down I-10 because in just a moment, havoc, havoc, havoc will come unannounced. Have it will come on and else, and it came by, came by. The kids are grown. We've we're blessed. Our kids are so awesome, and they've helped us, and we're so blessed. But just at the moment, we kind of enjoying things and how God is doing things. Have it comes by the house, and 
and in just a moment, and so I thought, you know, I could take it on, and, you know, they found a little mass in my kidney, you know, and, and next thing you know, they found a mass in my lung, and, and then the doctor's looking at me and my wife, and, and he said, look, if these two things are connected, and they were saying, even though I've never smoked in my life, I had small cell carcinoma, and I said, Mr. Campbell, if this is the case, we're no longer looking at curing you, we're looking at treating you, and I'm having to come back and tell my sweet saint sis, and and in just a matter of moments, I've got lung cancer and kidney cancer. And the only th- ailment I had was a little pain in my side. I'm talking about havoc will come by your house. But what, what I found out about that, through all this, we had COVID stuff. And so ended up having to go to Houston for so several months. And, and when we go, only one person can go with me. And so I'll be rolling back for surgery. And, and my wife is just the only one that's there. And my mom and my sister went out there a couple of times. And church is praying. But it's a difficult season. But what, but I, what I found out and what I discovered is you just have a mindset that I'm just too hungry to be hindered. Can I, can I tell you that this is not just isolated with Jason Campbell in my story. It's come by your house before. You know, when I when I say the word have it coming by your home, there's heads nodding. Not because, uh, because you understand what I'm saying. That in just a moment, things uh, can get turned upside down. But can I tell you, the God that was with you when it began will be the God that's with you during it. And he'll be the God that sees you through. But you'll develop a mindset that no matter what I hear, or no matter what happens I'm just too hungry to be hindered I'm still going to have revival I'm still going to see a move of God I'm still going to have a breakthrough hallelujah you just got to keep pressing and keep moving is that okay and so for just a in just a matter of moments I'm the one that's always been the one praying I'm the one I'm receiving prayer our community rallied around and I become a recipient for uh, program called Cancer Freeze, and they raised money and help, and I'm, I'm okay. It took me six months probably to say I had cancer. Couldn't even say it. Couldn't say it. I, I'm sorry if I'm a wimp, but it happened so fast, and havoc hit my home, and and I just didn't know. All kind of crazy things start going through your mind, but it was through this process and and through this past year and. I had a surgery where they they lacerated my my tonsils and couldn't have a, a surgery and, and set me back and and so all kind of things happened during this time but but thanks be to God you know that that uh, that through it all I've had a surgery had part of my kidney removed and had a surgery had part of my lung removed and. And so I felt, man, I've been cut on enough. Uh, I've, I've gone from never having an IV to just give me the needle. I can do it myself. And, you know, and I've had so many IVs now. They said, which arm? I said, no one's ever got it in my left, but y'all can try it if you want to. And I'm a man that used to get petrified of needles. And, and now I'm thinking, I just hooked this up. And when you're going to push this button? When you're going to put this in? Amen. And, and so after all this surgery, and, and they, they felt like everything went well. So I call them on the phone, and, and they said, can I, when can I call myself cancer free? And they said, Mr. Campbell, because of what you have, it's going to be years before we can say 
that you're out of the woods. And, and so now I'm living this idea of every four to six months, I make one trip out to look at my kidney and, and one trip out to, uh, to look at my lungs. But my point is saying this, that God has brought me a long way. Uh, some of you even today say you look good. Kind of like I'm so, kind of surprised. You know how you kind of say, well, you look good. You know, I hope I don't look like what I've been through because God's been good to me. But somewhere... Somewhere along the way, something began to get deposited in my soul that I'm going to preach every message like it's my last. I'm going to preach every altar call like it's my last. I'm going to enjoy every move of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to reach for prodigals and backsliders and pull down strongholds and cast out imaginations and see God work and see God heal. Somewhere along the way, something got in my spirit that says, you just need to be too hungry to be hindered. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, it's not going to hurt. It's not going to hurt. Sometimes your desperation outweighs your dignity and you don't worry about what somebody says. Amen. Is that okay? Before I go back to that, let me throw these two things out. The kind of what I felt like is the mindset I've been here, sent here to give someone. And hopefully if you're here for the first time, I'm, I'm a little on the wild side. I pastor a pretty wild church. We, we call ourselves the wildest church in Westfield and we think that's a good thing. So when this year rolled around and I was in the middle of all these surgeries, the story of Miriam came to me from Exodus chapter 14. I'm going to say two things to kind of feed into this mindset of being too hungry to be, too, to be hindered. Exodus 14, they crossed the Red Sea. Red Sea rolls back over. God miraculously brings over the children of Israel. Amen. They walk across dry land. The same water that folded for them closes back over. Exodus 14 and Exodus 15, you find Miriam, the sister of Moses and Aaron, and all the ladies come out and with timbrels and with dances. And they begin to sing, and it says, The Lord hath done wondrously. The horse and the rider, he's thrown in the sea. But here's this, like I told you, a little on the wild side, okay? But what I learned early in January is you can't let the trial take your tambourine. Because if you read that story, it's three days and maybe three verses for where she had the tambourine in her hand. Singing God has worked wondrously. But the next thing you know, they show up at a place called Mara, bitter water. And they murmur against Moses, the man of God, three days after the tambourine was in their hand. Y'all may know more than what I do, but I never see a temple again throughout the wilderness journeys. May, but Osborne, it may have been every day, but there's no biblical record that from that moment 
where havoc comes by. A little chaos, a little confusion. God, if you're for us and you roll over the Red Sea, then why ever come to a place of bitter water? I told you I'm wild. I didn't bring my bag, but I, I, I didn't want him to see my tambourine, but I got a tambourine. I can't play one. I cannot clap and sing at the same time. I can sing maybe, and I can clap okay, but I cannot do both. And I understand my limits and my talents about that. But I did. My wife couldn't tell you. I got a tambourine from Amazon. Amazon's amazing, by the way. And I took my tambourine to Houston for my surgery in my suitcase. Not because I played it going down the hall. Not because I took it in the room with me. Not because I was working on some kind of song. No. It was a mindset and attitude that I'm leaving my family. I'm leaving my church. I don't understand what's going on in my life. I don't understand why I'm going through this. Havoc has knocked on my door, but it cannot have my praise. It cannot have my worship. It cannot have my victory. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. I am not the only one dealing with havoc. I know you're here, and I've come to tell you, you've got to hold on to your prayer. Hold on to your worship. Hold on how that no matter what I do, I'm still going to give God glory. I'm going to give God praise. You cannot let life knock that out of your hand. Amen. You just got to make up your mind that you won't let life take this away from you. If you go find it, you come let me know. She may have played the timbrel every day. There's no biblical record that she ever picked it up again. Three days after the victory. Three days after the song. Just comes, and listen, what they didn't know is that there was just a tree. God just took a tree, threw it in the water, and the bitter places became sweet. Can I'm okay? I'm going to talk to you from a pastor's heart. Is that okay? We come, we, we look at what's in front of us like it's so much worse and bigger than the things behind us. But the same God that got you to where you're at, He hasn't forgotten how to get you through. He hasn't forgotten how to bring you out. He hasn't forgotten how to roll the sea back in your life. He just needs you to keep playing the tambourine. He just needs you to keep stomping your feet. He just needs you coming up around the front giving God praise. Your worship is going to get you out of this. Your praise is going to get you out of this. Your prayer is going to get you out of this. Your faithfulness is going to get you through this. You just got to be too hungry to be hindered. So, my brown-eyed girl's back there. She knows. We'd fly into Houston. We would Uber to the, to the uh, hotel. And every now and then, the interstate hit a bump. My tambourine. Uber driver never asked. I thought maybe he's heard that before. I don't know. 
But, uh, and I know, you know, I know you may think I'm silly, but it meant something to me. It meant something to me. I'm having to leave a church I pastored, a church I love, to go off. My family can't come with me. I'm leaving my kids to see about things at a church. And I had, if I didn't have a mind made up, it had got the best of me. I would have hung up my harp upon the willow and said, what am I doing all of this for? But God's putting something in me, hallelujah, that even though havoc has come by your house, you're still going, you're still preaching, you're still believing. Oh, Can I tell life may have scattered you, but you're still, my God, you're still here this friend's day. I rebuke the lie from hell that says you're on your way down, you're on your way out in the name of Jesus. Jesus, there's somebody here that you, you're just too hungry to be hindered. Woo! Oh, come on, I feel that, I feel that. I'm not stopping now. I'm not quitting now. I'm not giving up now. Amen. You can be seated. Listen. No way on God's green earth this church is here after 82 years without somewhere along the way some elders saying, I'm just too hungry to be hindered. I can talk to you about because while this is going on, we've had setbacks with our building program and things come through the church and we're having to rebuild things and get back to a healthy place and coming right out of COVID. I can cry all morning long about what we've gone through, but you have too. My point is something got in me that says I'm just too hungry to be hindered. We would play a song. Matter of fact, when you called me one day praying on I-10, the song says, my soul has a shepherd in the wilderness and I shall not want. I put that thing on before they rolled me back. And you take that in goodness of God. And I got through what I got through. And listen, I don't know what's around the corner. But I know God is able to see me through. Because something's got to get a hold of you. That to go forward and embrace the future of this church, there needs to be a grit, a resolve, a steadfastness. I think I feel a passing. I feel a transition. I feel something shifting in the Holy Ghost that the next generation has got to rise up and has been and say it's my turn to keep doing it. It's my turn to hold in there. It's my turn to hold on. It's my turn to keep us moving forward. I have been here enough. There's some sweet elders missing from this congregation who've gone on to their reward. But you've got a healthy foundation because they did it often when it wasn't easy. They prayed when it wasn't easy. Without money, they still came to church. Health issues, they still came to church. Problems at home, they still came to church. They were just too hungry to be hindered. 
That is it. That's the atmosphere of the miraculous. It's, it's, if you look at it, it's throughout the Gospels. It's the very thing that got Bartimaeus his healing. They said hush up, but he was too hungry to hush up. So he cried out more a great deal. It's a woman with the issue of blood who just gotten worse under 12 years, but she had one more chance, and she was too hungry to turn around this time. Sometimes it's not about who comes up with you. It's the fact that you come up, that you pray. Can I get real for a second? It's been quiet. You're right. It's been a while since I've been here. But I know what it's like with getting habits of church and certain folks come up always and maybe some don't and some always come on this side and some always come on that side and that's fine. We're creatures of habit. But I want somebody to say even if that person who doesn't always come up if they stay at the pew, I'm still coming. If they're not even there, I'm still coming. If nothing moves in the service before the preaching, during the preaching, and after preaching, I'm talking about a hunger that just puts all that to the side and said it really doesn't matter. I'm going to give God a chance to move. God can move at my pew. He can. The second thing, so you can't let the trial take your tambourine. And the second thing is I had to keep telling myself it's not what it looks like. We walk by faith and not by sight. It's not what it looks like. Because he can work all things together for the good. He can take bad and make it good. You, 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 say, you see what I'm saying? Because it didn't take just a, a couple of trips, and the, the kid, our kids are involved, and on the platform they, you know, just they, they've got their hands and everything, and so they're playing, they're singing, they do team class, all kind of things, and so they they want to come be with me, but they didn't help stay and see the church. Then only one person could go with me in the hospital. All this stuff, so. We were leaving them behind. But it's not what it looks like. That all of a sudden something began growing in them. My son Will has always had felt a calling in his life. But during this season, and he's always been one, he's had prophetic words spoke over him from time to time, always been a humble boy, always been uh, just rock solid when it comes to church. But something about this, that son, I'm going to need you to help with Paul. My, kind of my assistant in our church needs you to help him. And, and just something began to grow in him. And, and also we begin to hear him. Uh, he would cover and he would preach and he would lead and, and the power of God. And then Paul pulled me off the side. But Cameron, I don't think you know that your kids aren't just covering for you. That, the, that they're seeking God in a way. That something has been built up in them. That they have taken the yoke of responsibility. Hallelujah. That even though you're going to Houston, there hasn't been a letdown. We're still having church. We're still seeing a move of God. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Oh my God. It's, a, it's not what it looks like. Somewhere behind the scenes, God's doing a work with what you're going through. You may not see it till you come out on the other side of it. My church family's back there. It got in them too. They missed me. They wanted to go with me. They, they, they checked on me faithfully. But the same thing that God was doing to me was getting in them. That all of a sudden, things begin to shift and change in the church. And worship in the church changes. And prayer in the church changes. And all these things begin to happen because you have to keep telling yourself, it's not what it looks like. Genesis 42 and 36. And Jacob, their father, said unto them, My, me, have you bereaved of my father's children? Joseph is not. Simeon is not. And will you take Benjamin away? He says, All these things are against me. Could not have been further from the truth. This is the back and forth of them going to Egypt to get corn. And this is the trip that they can't go back unless they take Benjamin back. But Jacob has no idea that Joseph is alive. That Joseph is the one orchestrating this. That the very son you thought you lost has not been lost. And God has sent him ahead to save you for this moment. I don't mean to be a cliche, but sometimes your miracles come disguised as messes. people who have stepped up in our church in such a way that it will blow your mind all because havoc came by the pastor's house I'm not starting a havoc ministry <laughs> I promise if I did none of y'all if you signed up I pity, pity you I didn't sign up for it but God used that, Brother Osborne, to answer prayers that I have been praying. About a healing in our church and the culture of our church and the health of our church. I didn't know that God would use this over here to perform this over here. But after a while, I realized God's hand is in this. Is God, was God powerful enough to smite this from my body? Absolutely. He can and he can now and he can in this service. I, there's nothing wrong with my faith. I know what God can do. But I'm telling you from this pulpit this morning that God used those things that stopped by my house to do a spiritual work in our church uh, that I would not have happened had it not gone down that way. And so I give you this to think of. Most people think Joseph was 17 years old when his trial began. Many people believe it lasted 13 years. He was 30 when he began to turn around. 13 years. But Joseph lived to be 110 years old. So his prosperity outlasted his problems. 
It's not what it looks like. Phineas' wife named the child Ichabod because the glory had, was gone. But yeah, it was gone, but the glory was coming back. Samuel was coming. David was on his way. Oh yeah, by the way, David, you running from Saul is not the end of the world. It's teaching you military tactics. It's teaching you to be a leader. It's teaching you how to work in the palace. It's not, oh, it's not what it looks like. Just a few weeks ago, just a few weeks ago, I was reading Matthew 1 in our Bible reading. Never have noticed the four mothers that were mentioned there other than Mary. Wasn't Sarah? Wasn't Sarah? Wasn't Rebecca? Four mothers mentioned in Matthew 1. In the first New Testament book of the Bible. You ready? Bathsheba, Rahab, Tamar, and Ruth are the four mamas of Matthew. It's not what it looks like. Bathsheba sinned with David, but yet she's in the bloodline of Jesus Christ. Rahab was a harlot in Jericho, tied a thread. It's not what it looks like. Tamar had a baby, had twins from her father-in-law. She was more righteous than him. Ruth was a Moabite woman in the bloodline. I'm rising to tell somebody that whatever you're looking at may look bad, but it may not be what it looks like. God's hand is working on something. You just got to keep working, keep praying, and keep worshiping. The key is this. In the dream that Joseph interpreted, the dream that Joseph interpreted for Pharaoh to, to come out of prison into the palace of Egypt, he saw seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine. Here it is. Life will have a mixture of good and bad. But you have got to have enough good to not let it eat up the bad. I know if over, I'm simplifying it. But you got to have enough good so that when havoc knocks on the door, you just keep preaching. You just keep praying. You just Keep going. Amen. Because then you start realizing that you're just, I'm just too hungry for a move of God to let this get in the way. Too hungry to be hindered. The elder of our church, Brother Hubert Burge, would quote it from the book of Acts, and he would say, none of these things move me. One of his favorite verses, whatever your things are, he would say, none of these things move me. I feel you may not be buying what I'm selling, but I'm, I just feel Somebody here today that I was kind of sent to give you a mindset to kind of make sense of a senseless situation. Just whisper in your ear that, you, that if you'll keep walking, God will keep working. Just whisper in your ear that through everything that you're going through that's going on, 
ever to you and your dad. Your dad's a hero of mine. His story about him coming out of that coma. And I think the story was he was taking so many pills before he went in. He came out just taking a baby aspirin. That's been a rock to me. So even though you, he's not able to be here today, there's got to be something getting down in our spirit that says, I'm just too hungry to be hindered, that there's still revival and hatchpin. There's still family. I think I could safely say if every prodigal came in right now, that this place could not hold it. If everyone that you had baptized walked back in on one Sunday, this place could not hold it. I don't know if the one that you're planning for after 82 years of re- Reaching people and ministering to people. God established a work and has been. But now is the time for the next generation to say, it's my turn to be too hungry to be hindered. It's my turn to step up. It's my turn to put on the yoke and say, whatever I got to do to keep this moving forward, so be it. What I've come to tell you is it's no time to lose your appetite. Amen. It's no time to lose your appetite. Because he satisfies a longing soul. done it enough to know that your hunger is not a weakness that your desperation is not a weakness I'm a Syrophoenician she was Greek by the way her daughter lay vexed with the devil Jesus himself ignored her we talked about casting children's bread to dogs and she goes, truth. But even the dolls get the crumbs that fall from the master's table. His response was that. He said, I haven't seen great faith like that. No, not in Israel. And she was Greek. Going back to my four mamas of Matthew, I don't think if I'm right, none of them were of Hebrew descent but yet they're in the bloodline of Jesus Christ because it's not what it looks like. Luke chapter 4, and I'm heading to try to pull all this together. Luke chapter 4, and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Being, temp, being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days he had eaten nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said, If thou be the son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. And from there you know where it goes. It is written, it is said, it is written, then he get thee behind me, Satan. 
that moment would launch the ministry of Jesus Christ the next three and a half years. And we're still preaching about it today. John was with him. And John said, these are just some of the things Jesus did. If we wrote them all down, the world itself could not contain the books. Can I give you two things to at least consider in those verses? One, could it be Satan's mistake to look at your hunger as a weakness? He waited for that moment, thinking him being down and out, if I'm going to take him, now's the time to take him. Can I, are you okay? I'm going to come back to it. Can you throw up Proverbs? I give you Proverbs 27. Can you throw it up real quick? But what Satan failed to realize, the fool so loath of the honeycomb, but to the hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. So could it be Satan made a mistake that if I'm going to get him, I'm going to get him now? He's a liar and the father of it. I certainly want, would want to help him out. But that is the worst time to come mess with anybody with faith. When you catch a saint of God, a blood bought Holy Ghost filled Jesus name baptized apostolic, that's too hungry to be hindered. He had a case of stinking thinking. I'm not quite sure what he was thinking, but that was the worst moment to attack the Messiah. I've come to tell you, your hunger is not a weakness. Because your hunger can be anything in a service. That's enough to keep me going. That's enough to keep me going. Woo! Preach it, preacher. That's enough. Because when you get hungry, every bitter thing is what you're looking for. Every song blesses you. Every testimony blesses you. Every church service blesses you. Looking for somebody hungry and I'm almost done. The second thing. Here it goes. And I don't know if this just be speculating with my wild mind. He afterward hungered and the devil said. He afterward hungered and the devil said. He afterward hungered and the devil said. Could it be the devil said, I need to say something before he says something. Forget. Take Jesus out of that equation and put yourself there. In your hunger, in your lowest state, in whatever situation that you're in. The enemy, the adversary of your soul begins to recognize a hunger. I better say something before they say something. Because if they start saying something, mountains move, chains break. Hearts are mended. Lives are changed. If they start speaking, they're going to start speaking by faith. 
their ministry is going to launch. Anointings are going to be given. Uh, a new season is going to be ushered in. I better hurry up and say something before they say something. Because if I'm not careful, they'll be talking about faith as a grain of mustard seed and they'll be speaking to mountains and sycamine trees and they'll be quoting the miracles in the Bible and believing that that can happen to them because there's no telling what they will do or say when they get this hungry. Hello, somebody. It's not time to lose your appetite. It's not time to give up on a miracle. It's not time to give up on your breakthrough. It's not, I feel restoration in this house. Hikunde mohosataya. Minds can be restored this morning. Hearts can be restored this morning. Marriages can be put back together this morning. If I can get somebody in has been that's hungry enough to say, devil, I've heard what you've said, but you've left me just enough time to say something back, and I'm too hungry to be hindered. Hold on a second. Yo, okay. Last comment. My church family. You'll be seated one second. My church family's here. We, we, I think this is in us. Somewhere along the way. It's not in it's just Jason. It's in our church. Something happened. Our church can testify. The way our prayer has changed. Our worship has changed. That, you know, if folks aren't there, we miss them. But we're still having church. If some folks go backwards, we miss them. But we're still having church. Amen. And so, and after, listen, and I told you I'm going on the wild side. So we, we just had our first Sunday through Wednesday in quite some time. In the middle of all of this, we're just going to throw down and have revival. I'm just too hungry to be hindered. How did it go? I think it went very well. Prophecy went out. A word spoken over my son. People, uh, healings went forth. I mean, here's the power of God met us. We fought distraction. We fought doubt. We fought discouragement. We had a good crowd every service and a move of God every service. Why? Because something has got down in our feet that we're just too hungry to settle. We're too hungry to give up. Hallelujah. We're too hungry to be hindered. Got a text this morning. My good buddy Paul. He's tickling on. He's helping our church for the Paul's a preacher in a church. A word went out about prodigals coming back. As he was preaching, Evangelist looked at Paul and he said, Yours will be the first. So I got a text this morning. Now we're we're an hour behind you, so it's ten thirty there, eleven thirty here. But he texted me. He said, "Luke, his son, is coming to church today."
But see, hang on. When you get hungry, you, you, you don't just go, well, I hope something happens. I pray he'll be blessed. When I read my text of that wife, I said, there's no way he's getting out of there without it getting a hold of him. That's, that's the kind of hunger that you got to have. That God's still moving. That he's still working. That he's still turning things around. This is not the hour, brother or sister, to lose your appetite. Would you put your hands together right now? Woo! Hallelujah. Can I get hash, Ben? Could you rise to your feet? Come on right now, somebody. I know it's Friends Day, but I'm going to give you enough time to do something. Hallelujah. I have, I have no idea. I haven't been here in quite some time. But if Havoc has paid you a visit, regardless of what it was, I need you to show today. I know I got we got bounce houses and food and fellowship. But I, I, I may not be reaching for everyone. But I need someone that says I'm just too hungry to be hindered. I'm coming up there today. I'm going to give it to God. I'm going to let God have it. I'm going to let God know I need help. You can receive the Holy Ghost today. You can pray back through today. You can be healed today. You can be delivered today. Because there's something about the hungry soul. He satisfies the longing soul. How bad do you want it, Hatch Ben? How bad do you want it? Would you gather? Would our prayer warriors help me work at the altar? Lay hands on friends and family. Pray with somebody. Encourage them. Tell them it's not what it looks like. Tell them it's not what it looks like. Encourage them in the Holy Ghost. Help me pray right now. Help me pray right now. This altar's open. This altar's coming. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806. Or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.